Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Citizens and Perfectville and Doll fans everywhere, football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, to where the next head coach is going to land, Bet Online is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. So head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's right, 50-5-0. Just use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to get started. And it's not just basketball. No, no, no. Not just basketball, ladies and gentlemen. Bet Online's your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds. The coverage is the best in the business, from sports right down to your Vegas casino games. Bet Online is your number one online wagering destination. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. Bet Online, where the game starts. In a world that's perfect lies a perfect little town where one team stands alone. But now, something's stirring that will change this place forever. Perfect. Welcome to Perfectville, your first place podcast for your Miami Dolphins, part of the Believe Network. My name's Sam Marcoux, and he is the two-time, yes, two-time Hall of Famer. Of course, I'm talking about none other than the good doctor himself, Dr. Christopher Cullen. Doctor, how in the hell are you, my friend? Greetings and salutations, Sam. I'm doing great. It is Friday as we record this, so I'm in a fantastic mood. Huge rugby tournament this weekend, and uh, it's one of the biggest youth rugby tournaments in the country, and it's right here, five minutes away from my house. Uh, we're always the host of it, Matthew's Rugger Fest, so really excited and very good mood today. Rugger Fest sounds like uh, something that a bunch of lumbermen like get together like loggers and they, they have like a Very big rugged. festival. Yeah. And they, and they're drinking beer and rolling logs under their feet and stuff like that. But no, it's, it's a youth uh, rugby tournament. So uh, yeah, I know you are a busy man this week, this weekend. I've been a busy man this week. If you can't hear it in my voice, uh, my voice is shot. I've been in San Antonio, Texas this entire week talking entirely too much. And I haven't been on a plane in two years, Chris. I haven't had to talk this much on stage for those many people in two years. It, uh, it's, it's, it's wreaked havoc. <laughs> so if I, if this sounds terrible, it's my fault and I apologize, but, uh, we're powering through it because we would never, ever, ever miss a week with the welcome to perfect world podcast. Not Having since we, six years. We never would. No, not since we were threatened with legal issues here, but, uh, no, we, we've got a great episode here. Uh, we've got Pierre Garcon joining us here. That's right. Pierre Garcon, Ooh. 11 years in the league. Uh, we have some trivia for him, which I'm not even sure he's going to know here, Chris, but, uh, he caught his first touchdown pass against our Miami dolphins on a Monday night, um, breaking our hearts. Once again, got to play with Peyton Manning, um, got to play with Mike McDaniel as his position coach at the Washington Redskins uh, or commanders or whatever I'm supposed to say. I'm not sure. And then uh, played with Mike McDaniel again with the San Francisco 49ers. So he's got a lot of knowledge when it comes to the head coach for the Miami Dolphins here, Chris. Yeah, I'm excited. I hope we get a lot out of them. Um, so he's also a South Florida guy himself. It seems like a lot of those guys uh, wreak havoc on, on the Miami Dolphins. So 
Uh, of course he did, right? In Monday Night Football, he caught a touchdown against us. His first one ever. It's like, it seems like all those records always happen against us. Yeah, well, like you said, he's a hometown boy, and I wonder if they get motivated to uh, come back and, and just show family and friends that they made it and they did it. And, uh, you know, we'll talk to him a little bit about that. We'll talk to him about the combine. We're going to talk to him about the draft process, free agency, because everything that's coming up for the Miami Dolphins, the combine is happening right now. We're going to talk all about the combine and the NFL draft in segment number three he experienced. I mean, you don't play 11 years in the league with Hall of Fame quarterbacks, different coaching staffs with different coaching philosophies, maybe not so Hall of Fame quarterbacks, uh, winning teams, losing teams, Super Bowl teams, last place teams, uh, free agents. He's done it all. So, I mean, we're just going to run the gamut when we talk to to uh, uh, Pierre Garçon here in just a little bit. And by the way, well, he's a businessman off the field now that he's retired and he's doing all kinds of crazy stuff so it's just fun to talk to people like that or just highly motivated individuals oh absolutely and you know a little snippet too um we're both from the, around the same area in south florida and i'm excited to talk to him about that um humble beginnings man like he started he was a tight end in high school went division three to like mount union academy and they won a bunch of national championships he did well and obviously got drafted in the late rounds of the draft and got to play with Peyton Manning of all people. So I'm excited to ask him about that, how Peyton is as a player and as a teammate and stuff. And uh, dude's funny as hell. I'm, I'm excited to ask him about, uh, you know, maybe some off-field rusing and, and fun he's had with him. Yeah, I'm wondering, uh, I'm wondering, maybe he'll get to the bottom. We can get to the bottom of all that bullshit that Peyton Manning used to say at the line, right? You know, maybe he, uh, maybe it Omaha. actually means something. Maybe Omaha actually meant something. So we'll find out. My favorite Peyton bit. Manning thing is when he, the mic picked up yelling, God damn it, Donald. When uh, he didn't pick up the block at running back and he had to like slow man run to the right and yell, like cussed at him. That was one of my favorite snippets of Peyton Manning on the field. Yeah, Peyton Manning is one of those guys that should probably just be mic'd up throughout life. Like whether he's, you know, you know, going to a, 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 a wedding rehearsal dinner for a family member or on the field or anything, you should just have Peyton Manning mic'd up at all times and just give the Peyton Manning network because I would probably watch that way more than I'd be willing to admit, Chris. Oh, I guarantee you, um, and I coach for the guy like this. He's he's fantastic. Um, I guarantee you, Peyton Manning, in his just normal personal life, you hit the nail on the head. I guarantee you he has uh, Peytonisms, like things he says that he like grew up like with saying some Archie and living in New Orleans and things like that. Like, for example, so this guy I coach with, he's from like the mountains of Virginia, right? Um, somehow marijuana got brought up and uh, about the kids getting tested for it in college and things like that and how important it is. And he, he called it left-handed tobacco. You know, that's what he called it. It, it wasn't like the devil's lettuce or, or, or reefer. It was left, left-handed tobacco and not tobacco, tobacco. That's tobacco. how I said And the, And there's one time one of the kids were running really slow and he said, you're running slower than two old people dancing. I mean, these are things like I, I remember. You know Peyton Manning has uh, Peytonisms like that. So miking him up 24-7 would be great. Yeah, I mean, I've heard of left-handed cigarettes. I think that is a South thing, I think, out of Texas. I was just in Texas this week, got home late last night, and uh, I did hear somebody say they were staring down the north end of a south southbound meal. And I don't know what that means, but I'm pretty sure it means he had to poop. But uh, it seemed like something that doesn't make it, its way past the Rockies when it comes to that sort of like colloquialism, sort of whatever the hell. But uh, let's put all that aside. Let's talk Mike McDaniel. And we've talked a lot about Mike McDaniel on the show since he's been hired, actually before he was hired. Um, and Chris Cullen had made it very clear, the good doctor, that if we were going to hire a head coach, whoever it was going to be, he hoped and prayed that it would be somebody who was fun with the media 
and just gave us insight and actually did things that we haven't seen from a head coach in a very long time for the Miami Dolphins. And Chris, I, I, if, if you tell me you're disappointed, I'll tell you you're a liar. Mike McDaniel has been nothing but a refreshing breath of fresh air. And I, yes, I used fresh in there twice uh, when it comes to how he is discussing things about the team, uh, how he is handling himself with the media, and how he's just having fun as the head coach of the Miami Dolphins. He is, uh, and no, I'm not disappointed to answer your, answer your question or your comment. Um, it's like I made him in a computer, Sam. Like, it's like I created the head coach. I, I spoke into the existence. Um, he's going on every channel you can think of. Um, he's answering questions eloquently uh, with a teacher mentality of, of explaining and breaking things down, pulling back the curtain, so to speak making jokes, um, you know, being youthful and, and, and bright with the media and with his players. I mean, he's hosted the cancer charity event and Christian Wilkins, like he, you know, he helped him up and he hugged bear hugged him and lifted him in the air. The guy's been there, you know, since noon basically. And Christian Wilkins has already feel comfortable enough to bear hug and pick this guy up. So the personalities meet, I'm telling you right now, Sam, and I thought about this and I was excited to talk about it next time we did our podcast. Um, one of the guys on Sports Center said something like, uh, coming up after the break, we're going to have a real fun conversation. Mike McDaniel, that's a great guy. It, it, he is single-handedly, Sam, going to change the national narrative of the Miami Dolphins. I truly believe it. Because it's going to be more fun for them to talk about. They're going to want him on their shows. And that means they're going to talk more positively about the team. And it's already changing. If you see it, uh, Rich Eisen challenged him to do some coachisms since we're doing isms today. Um, and, and he challenged him back and said, not only will I do it, I'll do it all in the same sentence. And he high-fived him at the uh, press conference. I mean, just completely changed the national narrative. It's going to be a real fun uh, decade. Well, and it wasn't even that like Rich Eisen challenged him and then he said, yeah, I'll do it. He leaned in on that and said, not only will I do it, I'll do it in one sentence. And when that happens, you, Rich Eisen, are going to come and high five me at the podium and at the booth. And what that speaks to is the psychology of sales, which when you're right. a coach, sometimes you have to be a salesperson, uh, whether it's recruiting to get somebody to come to a college or recruiting to get somebody to sign with your team or getting somebody to buy in to whatever it is you're asking them to do. And a good salesperson knows that you always have to have responsibility on both sides so that it's a partnership, that it's a relationship. And even handling the media, Rich Eisen has been saying, I've been wanting this for years. Mike McDaniel said, I'll give it to you next week, but you need to do something for me as well. And if we're both in this and we both have some skin in the game, then we're going to be successful. And you know what? Kudos to both sides. In this case, it's a dumb little radio bet, but it speaks to what Mike McDaniel does, I think, in that, hey, if you want this, then I need you to do that. And if you do that, I will give you this. And I think that's a really, really good quality to have at a head coach. So, you know, maybe I'm drawing too many parallels here or, 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 or making some conclusions that shouldn't be made. But uh, I looked at this and went, yeah, that's funny, you know, and, he, and he's great with the media and we're all going to talk about it on Twitter and give virtual high fives. But I think it speaks to his personality and how he's going to handle this team and these players. It's a great point because there's going to be times and I, I, we can make sure to ask Pierre as well, um, you know, what it's like for a coach, uh, how important it is to be a rah-rah in your face, or can you be a teacher? Can you help them learn put, to be in the best possible position to be the best professional athlete, which I've mentioned met, uh, you as well multiple times. Um, literally, as I'm saying this, Mike McDaniel just fist bump, pumped Peter Schrager. They're showing highlights of all the coaches uh, being on with them this week. It, it, it just, 
you get a player that comes in, he's tired, it's July, it's training camp or OTAs or whatever, and he comes in. And what you said is perfect because Rich Eisen's in Indianapolis. He had hosting duties for the combine, but he wasn't supposed to be at that press conference. He Correct. literally went because of the bet he made with Mike McDaniel and he came through with it and he high five him. I mean, that's just like you said, he not only got him to buy in, he got him to change his schedule. Right. And he's had a lot of coaches on his show, Sam, and he felt comfortable asking Mike this. And I'm telling you, change the national narrative and it's going to help our team because having that personality, knowing that guy has your back, knowing you can come to him and he's not going to call you a fucking idiot. Instead, he's going to be like, hey, why did you see it like this? Let's do it like this. And this is why I teach it like this breaks it down for them that they go behind between the lines and play football. He's the coach. And if he can be a teacher and, and, and bring on former players, this is going to, this is literally changing our team. I've been biased before. I know I've been excited before. Literally though, there's nothing we've, we've not had a leader like this in a very, very long time. Well, you're 100% right. I mean, ultimately he's going to have to win games, but uh, I think we're, we're setting that foundation for a fun team that actually is good as well. And, uh, you know, he's the head of that snake. And, and, and it wasn't just the Rich Eisen thing. He goes on Good Morning Football America, GMFMLMMO, whatever the hell the name is. And he talked about how he is telling Tua that he has confidence in him, that Frank Smith, the offensive coordinator, likes what he sees and that his best days are ahead of him. And he comes out even further, Chris, and says, it's important to this player to know that people are supporting him. You know, say what you want about brushing things off and, and overcoming. At some point, if you are a professional person and you aren't getting any feedback that's positive or any feedback at all, I mean, they've done studies, Chris, where, you know, positive feedback is clearly the best way to motivate somebody. Negative feedback is way lower. But it at least still, in some cases, motivates people to get things done, to try to change and get that positive feedback from that same, you know, uh, loop of, of, of resources. But no feedback being ignored, just being as an afterthought, which I think Tua has been kind of looked at for many, you know, we're flirting with Sean Watson. We're going to go get Tom Brady, whatever the case may be. He's kind of an afterthought. No feedback. Studies have shown time and time again, Chris, that that is the most demotivating thing you can have as a professional person or as a student or in any walk of life. So to have that positive feedback happening now, you know, we believe in you. You are the starting quarterback. The Deshaun Watson you know, flirtation is closed. Chris Greer came out and said, that door is shut. We're door not going shut. after yeah. Deshaun Watson. Aren't you Tua Tungavailoa? If you're Tua Tungavailoa, aren't you just sitting there going, thank God? Because last year, my head coach was telling me they're actively pursuing this guy. Now the GM is telling me, no, we're not. And furthermore, he came out, Chris, and said, we are looking for another quarterback to back up Tua Tungavailoa. That's what he said. That's what Mike McDaniel said is we are looking for a backup quarterback. And here's what I'm looking for in a backup quarterback. If you're Tua Tungavailoa, aren't you just sitting there going, man, I'm going to go put some balls on the green because I've got a guy that's got my back. Dude, it, so coaches and players are a relationship. And you mentioned student and all walks of life. Let's break it down to the simplest form that most of our listeners can understand. Even um, raced? Even raced could understand this? I think so. He has kids. Somebody slept with him. Um, so you got you got a relationship, right? Um, if they just ignore you, your wife, your husband, your dad, your mom, y y are you going to want to like be motivated to wake up and hang out with them or buy them something nice or cook them a nice meal? Absolutely not. Um, these guys are human beings, too. Yeah, they're football players and they work hard. But um, to know that this guy's got your back, you're the first phone call he made on the plane. He didn't even land yet to just say hello and how excited he is to work with them. That's the most motivating thing in the world. And 
you know, you really think about it, and I'm not saying to coddle the guy. He's been coached hard by Nick Saban and by his dad his entire life, but he goes to Alabama. He's one of the highest recruited players in the world. They're whining and dining. I'm telling everything he wants to know. He starts uh, – he comes into the national championship and wins it. goes a game winner. I mean, it's nothing but praise and glory, and he gets the NFL team that drafted him fifth overall that had that much hype for him of tanking for Tua, and all of a sudden this guy's ignoring you and not helping you progress and be the best player you can be while – Meanwhile, behind your back and you're not even through, halfway through your rookie contract is looking to replace you. You're not going to be as motivated to play for that guy. And then he comes in. You mentioned it perfectly. He didn't say the backup's coming in to compete. He said he needs a backup that can help us in case Tua gets hurt and he knows what he's doing and can help him in the quarterback room. This is an all-in 100%. And, you know, when he says something like that, that, like, it, it means a lot for him to know we got his back and there's untapped potential, that means either Tua, Greer, or him on the outside looking in was told or saw what was happening with Tua, and he felt he had to say that. And it, it's absolutely true because reports are coming out about it, so we know that's what's happening. It's just a demoralizing work environment for anybody. Um, so this is huge. It's huge for Tua, and I think we're, it's going to work wonders on the football field for him. Yeah, it, it really is. And Mike McDaniels, I think, currently on the Pat McAfee show. So he's making his rounds. He's hitting the national syndicate. Oh, that's going to be great. I think yeah, Highlight City. It's got to be. I mean, Pat McAfee's a great interview. And, you know, obviously, I think he's got a very similar mindset to Mike McDaniel as a person. So I'm, I'm curious to see. I haven't, I haven't heard it yet. I haven't listened to it, but I'm sure it's going to be gold. And, you know, one other thing is we're going to talk about the combine and the draft in uh, segment number three, but we are going to uh, take a break and then come back with Pierre Garçon. But one last thing, you know, they, they, in, that, in one of those interviews there, Chris, uh, or maybe it was just his media, media availability, they asked him, you know, what the advantage of going to the combine was as a coach. And I really loved his answer. It is almost like he was, again, you know, pimp slapping the, uh, the the media for kind of a stupid question. He's like, well, the advantage is I'm going to know the players better than the coaches that didn't talk to him. And, you know, it seemed what a fucking stupid question. But at the same time, it's like, no, that's right. He's, he's going to be talking to players that he otherwise might not have any insight into. You know, he's going to see what their demeanor is, whether they're excited or not, whether, you know, they want to play. I mean, are people coming up going, oh, Mike McDaniel, I'm so excited. I hope you guys draft me. You know, it, it, it gives him that insight to go and uh, just learn a little bit more. And then on top of that, I mean, to your point, he's like, plus it's fun. Like, it's fun. I'm having fun doing this. He's having fun being a coach. So uh, I'm looking forward to it, man. I, 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 the guy hasn't made many mistakes, if any. And, uh, you know, that's, that's rare to say for anybody in the Miami Dolphins organization these days. But uh, he is changing that national narrative one interview at a time. I mean, it just makes you smile, right? Like, I mean, we've seen it the whole, like, uh, two is our quarterback. Two is our quarterback. We're on the Cincinnati. Yeah, we played great. We worked hard. I mean, it's just, that's boring, right? Like, I mean, we're fans of this team. Obviously, we want to watch them play football games and be successful. But, man, we want to be entertained, too. Like, and we want to be in the news for right reasons, Sam. We've been in the news for the, all the wrong reasons. We went through it on nauseum when all this stuff broke with Flores. Uh, just an absolute treasure trove of, of, of bullshit and bad, bad press that we've got. We finally deserve this, like, as a fan base, to have this guy just braided around and um, enjoying talking football and bringing in a staff of young former players and former Miami Dolphins. It's just it's exciting, man. It's an exciting time. Um, and right in the thick of it, the combine, the drafts coming up, OTAs, it's just going to be nothing but fun this summer. And uh, hopefully, like you said, is most important, it leads to victories because they're going to want to play for this guy for sure. Absolutely. And uh, we're going to want to talk to this guy, Pierre Garçon, right after the break. We're going to go pay some bills, come back, and we're going to talk to a player who played 11 years in the league with three different teams, had 3,000-yard receiving seasons, knows Chris, even though he doesn't know Chris, 
from his younger years and certainly knows Mike McDaniel. We're going to pick his brain and figure out what he's up to these days. Pierre Garçon, right after these words. It's break time here in the town of Perfectville, but I have to ask everybody listening right now this question. What's more important than peace of mind? (laughs) Nothing. And that's what NordVPN is here for, to give you peace of mind while you're online. And with all the threats that you face today on the internet, it is more important than ever to be sure that you have the best VPN you can get. NordVPN is the world's best VPN service, offering the fastest connectivity, most servers, and next-gen encryption to make sure that everything you do online stays secure. Plus, you can use NordVPN on all your computers and devices, no matter the operating system. With NordVPN's unlimited bandwidth, you never have to worry about a slow connection either, and plans start at under $4 per month. You heard me right, ladies and gentlemen, $4 per month. So grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash believe or use the code believe, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan plus one additional month for free. Let me go ahead and repeat that in case you didn't hear me. You get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan plus one additional month for free. It's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Head to NordVPN today and thank me later. Now back to the show. All right, joining us now, Chris Cullen, Sam Marcoux. Welcome to Perfectville on the Believe Network. Is none other than Pierre Garçon, former Indianapolis Colt, former Washington Redskin, if we're allowed to say that, former... (laughs) Former San Francisco 49er, the bane of my existence. I live here in the San Francisco Bay Area. I have to deal with that team, even though I'm a Dolphins fan there, Pierre. And uh, we'll just start with a little trivia. And I'm sure you know this. I'm sure it's, it's, it's in your head here, Pierre. But do you know the first touchdown pass that you caught in the NFL, which team it was against? <laughs> the first catch. Was in Pittsburgh. First touchdown catch. Sorry, I I, oh, I messed that up. Yeah, your first touchdown pass. Oh, that was in Miami. You know? That was, was in Miami. In Miami. That, <laughs> no, that was Monday night. Oh, I thought you were talking about my first like first catch. <laughs> uh, I might be able to remember that. I think it was in Pittsburgh. But yeah, yeah. No, we're, <laughs> we're excited to have you on. But uh, we were, we, you know, we're doing our research here, and uh, Chris mm-hmm. Cullen, my co-host here, extraordinaire, goes. You realize his first touchdown catch was against the Miami Dolphins. And I'm like, oh, I, yeah. I'd forgotten about that. So thank you for making us cry that night on a Monday night there, Pierre, all those years ago. Nah, 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 not at all. I was just happy to be out there, man. And the crazier thing, too, I scored a Super Bowl touchdown pass in Miami. <laughs> Back then, I think it was kind of like, uh, it was a hard rock. It was called something else. I think it was hard rock. I don't know. But... It might have been pro, it wouldn't have been pro player at that nah, point. Not was... pro player. Was it, it Dolphin? Was, it might have been just been Dolphin Stadium because we had a couple of years where it was just branded as Dolphin Stadium. Do you remember when it was Land Shark Stadium, like Jimmy Buffett? It was Land Shark. Uh, Land Shark. Yeah. Yes. So, you know, so, so Pierre, you mentioned uh, your connection with Miami. Um, you yeah. also have a connection with South Florida, and yeah. we have a connection. So this <laughs> is trivia. You didn't know. I told you it's coming before that we started recording here. Um, but I played against you in high school. So I played at Wellington High School. And you oh, played nice. for John A. Leonard. Um, oh, yeah. I actually grew up in Green Acres. I actually played with some of your boys, Eno Giles, Jamie <laughs> Armbruster, Jimmy mm-hmm. Basford. I played baseball with them. 
I played at Lake Lytle my whole life growing up. So I played middle linebacker. I, I think you played tight end in high school, right? And you went to Mount Union and then like oh, yeah. switched to receiver. So I might have tackled you, man. So it's really cool to have you on. <laughs> we grew up in the same same uh, neck of the woods. No problem, man. No problem at all. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, that's pretty cool. I remember Chris telling me that when we knew you were going to be on the show here. And I was like, well, we should let him know. And then he started dropping names of people. And I'm like, I don't know who any of those people are. I was out here on the West Coast. I have no idea. But uh, I'm sure Pierre knows all those folks. Um, so a couple things. We are talking Miami Dolphins. You never played for the Miami Dolphins, but you played against the Miami Dolphins. Like you said, you, you, you've got a South Florida history there. Uh, you got your first touchdown against the Dolphins. You got a, a, a Super Bowl touchdown in Landshark Stadium. And uh, you have a connection to the current day Miami Dolphins, because if I am not mistaken, you have been many years with Mike McDaniel as a position coach, as well as I think just an offensive coach with your time in San Francisco and Washington. Am I, is that correct? Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, Mike, Mike was there. I was in D.C., met Mike there. You know, he's helping out with offense and doing everything he can and, you know, was in San Francisco with him, too, as well. You know, Mike's a great guy, man. So, you know, that's one of the things. He's a media darling. We've seen that already. He's doing things for Rich Eisen, you know, doing the trifecta of coach speak during press conferences. He's uh, he's dropping references to uh, Will Smith and Mike Jones in press conferences and stuff like that. But uh, what can I mean, what as doll fans can we expect from Mike McDaniel in terms of preparation? I mean, when, when you worked with him in Washington, for example, you know, what did you get as a player from him that was maybe different than other position coaches you've worked with or that stood out to you where you're like, oh, this dude's got it? No, I mean, he always worked hard. That was his thing, man. He always worked hard, and you know, he was always giving his best. And you knew it. You felt it from him because he was trying. And we all want to win, and that's where you're in the NFL. You know, you're going to figure it out. He always wanted to work hard and, and win. It was showing you that he was working hard, too. Hey, Pierre, uh, Sam mentioned uh, the media darling, and he is. He's funny, and he's getting people laughing. Rich Eisen's high-fiving him at the Combine. What um, What do you have to say to fans? I see it on Twitter all the time that he's not a rah-rah guy. He's small. He wears glasses. Does that, I played football at the Division II level, and I didn't get to the NFL as you did. But you tell me as a player that that doesn't matter if the guy is getting you in position to be the best you can as a player. Ah, that's the coach's job. The coach's job is to get the ball in the best player's hand, and that's what he's going to do. That's how you win games. You know, the guy's got to be prepared for that for those moments. But, you know, football is football. We got to get the ball into the end zone. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, I, I, I'm fascinated by the, the coaching structure. I didn't play football. I was like, I'm going to stand on the sidelines and, and, and talk shit to the players, and then hopefully a friend <laughs> of mine on the team – you know, if, if some bigger guy gets mad at me, my friends will take care of me. So far, it's worked out for me. But the uh, the one of the things when Mike McDaniel became the head coach of the Miami Dolphins, like the big talking point was, well, what's the staff going to look like? You know, who's going to be on his staff? And from an outsider, you know, you do research and you look at the names that he's brought in uh, for the offensive side of the ball. It looks like a home run. I mean, obviously, you have to wait until things happen. But you worked with Mike McDaniel when he was a wide receivers coach. Uh, in Washington, what is that like? How how much time as a player do you spend with your position coach versus the offensive coordinator versus the head coach? I mean, is it evenly distributed? Or is it like disproportionate that you know you being a part of the wide receiver team are going to be with that wide receiver coach running drills for seventy five percent of the practices and film room and all that? Or how does that actually work? I, I have zero idea how how that plays out. Man, it's obviously up to the coach's structure. How everybody runs their thing, you know, 
everybody's got to buy into whatever the coach is saying, and he's the leader. Like it's you know, say be somewhere at twelve o'clock. You know, you be there. You know, the goal is to get the ball into the end zone. So you know, he if he wants to run practice where it's walk through, then he can be a walk through. Or if he wants to do walk through in the mornings and then you're practicing in the evening, or it can be a no pads day. You know, it all goes into how you know the players respond to it and, and keep working towards that same goal as winning. And you know, coaches run their organizations, their practices because I've been in different buildings where you know practices this way we're on time this place and we're fine this way so it, it's all about you know the organization and Mike Bidane got that experience in everywhere he's been you know he's he's not a, he's not a rookie in this game he's just sure. been watching and he's ready for this moment. Hey Pierre what do you think uh, Mike McDaniel's thinking as a receiver yourself uh, when he gets to take over the reins, he's obviously leaving Debo Samuel, who he just did wonders <laughs> with. But he gets oh, a player yeah. now coming into his second year that just broke Anquan Bolden's record, another South Florida guy from Pahokee. Um, mm. he, he broke his record for rookie receptions. Uh, he's fast. He's quick. He's just a hell of a player. What do you think Mike McDaniel uh, is excited to get out of him? Uh, what's the player's name? Um, uh, Jalen Waddle, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's doing good. He's uh, Mike. That, that, those guys are going to help each other. You got to give them the ball. Like you know, you got to let the players perform, put them in position. And that's what Mike McDaniel and that office does. You know, you mentioned something here, Pierre, that uh, you, you've worked with different coaches. You've had you know different experiences, obviously with different teams, and uh, you, you've been exposed to different philosophies of coaching, right? From 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 head coaches to position coaches and everything else in between. Was there ever a time, and you don't have to name names, although if you want to, I would love it, but if, was there ever a time in your career where you were working with a coach or an organization where you're like, I don't know that this is going to work. This seems too far, you know, either disorganized, unorganized, or just maybe too far abstract from what you normally do in the NFL. Was there ever a point in your career where you're just, you're, you're hearing directions as to what you need to do or what we're going to be doing as an organization and went, I don't know if that's uh if that's really the right way to go here, are we doing the right thing that ever happened to you in your career? Yeah, man, there are always things always happen, but you know, you just bypass it. You know, you just got to keep focusing on your part of the organization to help pushing it forward. Cause you know, everybody in the organization is there to win. Like that's honestly, you know, the feeling because that's literally the goal. And that was makes Mondays better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah I <laughs> when, Monday is just as much better. And it's just that much closer to, to the next Monday. How was it? And I know Chris has some questions for you here too, but <clears throat> moving from the coaching kind of a similar situation, you played with hall of fame quarterbacks. You've played with maybe not some hall of fame quarterbacks with, you know, lining up with Peyton Manning is one thing lining up with, you know, Kirk cousins is another lining up with everyone that you played with. Uh, what is it? What is that dynamic like from a receiver to a quarterback? Because right now, outside of the Mike McDaniel question, the next big question for the Miami Dolphins is, is Tua Tungabailoa the quarterback? Now, the, the team has come out, I think, and done a really great job of saying, this is our guy. He's our starting quarterback. You know, even when as far as saying we're in the market for a backup quarterback, Mike McDaniel's come out and said that, which really is the stamp of approval saying we have our starter. We just got to get support for him. But as a wide receiver, uh, and you're looking at to uh, what is it that you would need from him if you're if you're strapping up and you actually came and played for the Aqua and Orange this week or this year and two is your quarterback? What is it that you would need from him for you to be successful? Man, you know, in football, you know, sometimes it's all about energy and being on the same page. They gotta, you know, 
help each other's weaknesses. Honestly, you know, you got to adjust your game a little bit. He has to adjust his game. But as long as you're working together to, you know, keep building that, you know, report, like rapport, you know, it's it's just, you know, energy so they can keep working together. And and we just got to keep finding the many successes to to keep moving, you know, forth towards the end zone because that's as an offense is what we're trying to do. And you just got to keep doing your part of that offense. So um, that's a great, great point about uh, adjusting to each other and stuff. And uh, we know as players, that's what you have to do. Um, you know, I followed your career very closely being a local guy, literally playing. You always beat us, uh, John and Leonard, but um, <laughs> we never beat you guys. We weren't um, that good. <laughs> I know we weren't that good. <laughs> that just shows how bad we were. <laughs> no, Wellington was bad. Wellington was good. They were, they were better than us. We were all right. I, I just remember my senior year. It was like the Gatorade player of the game, or it was the Gatorade game of the week or something. They had like, you know, the news was there and everything, and you guys put it on us. Um, but um, I followed your career, and you went, you know, Division III, um, not a big name, a late-round draft pick. The combine's happening right now. Tell me a little bit about uh, what that process was like for you, what these guys are going through right now with, uh, you know, the draft upcoming, um, and how important it is as a late round pick to not give up on their dreams and work hard. Cause obviously you had an incredible career um, it, it, being somebody that's not being talked about like today before the draft on NFL network and things like that. Uh, what did that mean for you to come in as a late round pick and that chip on your shoulder and uh, how, how you were successful? And we, we right now, uh, to answer that early question, like the combine it's, it's really like a, a convention of, a job interview literally you know what we're supposed to do like there's the 40 there's you know you just prepare throughout your lifetime for this day of you know employment <laughs> you know you know the test but you know it, it, it's a workout some guys have good days some guys have bad days but football tells you who's the players who good who wants it who loves it and you know who, who's happy to be out there on the field um you know you just got to keep enjoying the game to, as a player and what you're going through but, you know, that's honestly just how much hard do you really want to work on it to, to keep doing well. Yeah, it's interesting you say that, too, because, I mean, obviously going to college, you know, typically for any career path, you go to college, you get your education, and then you start going on those job interviews and hopefully you nail it and get that first job, whatever it is. I, I think I've heard it played that way before, but it's, it's interesting to hear a player say it that way, that we know that this is the job interview. And in this case, we're running, you know, we're catching, we're passing, whatever the case may be. We're yeah, bench whatever, pressing. Yeah, whatever yeah. You. But yeah, you already know what they're going to ask you to do. Yeah. So in terms of the physical part of that, but what is it? I, I mean, reports coming out of who the Miami Dolphins have met with at the uh, at the combine. Uh, did you meet yeah. with a lot of teams when you were doing your, your workouts or when you had your pro day? I mean, were you having individual conversations with with a bunch of teams and starting to get an idea of, OK, this might be somebody that would draft me or, you know, this team over here doesn't seem to be interested. I don't know that they would, you know, maybe even call my name come draft day. Uh, did you get you start to kind of get that whole process of these guys seem like they like me or like, like, cause I think the Colts drafted you. You right? never really know as a player. You never know who really likes you. you if you're not like the number one pick, yeah. number two pick, like everything is like projected projections. And you know, you know, who's like projected in different places, but you never really know when that's going to happen. Unless like, Hey, this is a can't miss. You know, I can't miss it. I can't miss it. But you know, well, did you have, I don't know you're going to get picked. Did or, you have a conversation later? You're like, I hope I get picked. Like, yeah. To DD, I was like, I hope I get picked, but you know, it could happen. I was projected for it to happen. I was projected for it to not happen, depending on you know whoever. And you know, they took a chance, really. But did you talk to the Colts before? Because they drafted you, right? The Colts were uh, the team that picked you yeah. up. Yeah, yeah, they drafted me, and 
I was like, all right, cool. Yeah. <laughs> that had to be exciting. So who- I got to go play with Peyton Manning. Darn. Yeah. Yeah. Snap yeah, my fingers. I was happy. <laughs> yeah. I, I got to be. So uh, t- talk us through that process too. Cause again, I just, I, that kind of the business side of football, you know, the off season for me is more fun. It's not more fun when the dolphins win. It's more fun. Don't get me wrong, but I love like, I guess the idea of building that team year over year and like what the draft looks like, what free agency looks like, potential trades, things like that coming into the league, getting drafted by the Colts. You get that phone call. Uh, I don't know who's on the other line. I don't know if Bill Polian was the GM at the time or if there was somebody else, but uh, are you getting the call from the GM? Is the coach calling you? Um, yeah, GM's assistant call you, GM calls you, um, speak to you, coach calls you and say you have to fly in and, you know, I'm sure, you know, they get your information through your agent and, and all that stuff. I mean, was it just like, uh, was it tears and life changing for you, or was it was it uh, like it was definitely yeah? It was yeah. like you know, I mean, see your name going across for getting drafted. It was cool. It was, it was it was fun. It was a great experience. It was just you know an opportunity. Absolutely, Chris. You got a, you got another question here for Pierre. Yeah, real quick, uh, Pierre. I know uh, I, I follow a couple of the guys that you played with, and I see just through them. Um, I, I just got, I wanted to, I guess, commend you and let you talk on a little bit about your off field work. You do a lot of amazing stuff, um, in Haiti, um, and with your company that you have too, I will just speak on, uh, what that means to you and what you're doing uh, for those folks over there. Cause I see it all the time. I just, I think more people need to know and need to see it and just really commend you on it. Yeah. It's a lot going on. Uh, you know, it's, it's Haiti. It's, it's home. You know, it's a great place. We enjoy, it. uh, you know, we all, all countries go through a lot of crazy things so it's sometimes you know with more is publicized different ways for different places but Haiti's a beautiful place uh, you know just got to stop a lot of violence and get things going in the right direction yeah and we'll uh, we'll make sure that uh, I know you're you're well involved with with helping the people there in the community uh, if there's anything we can do to help in terms of our podcast and pushing out information in the notes here let's talk off air and we'll uh, we'll make sure that gets out there because uh, you do have the citizens of perfectville which is what we call our listenership here <laughs> and i'm warning you right now there will be photoshops with you from some of our listeners on twitter that's going to happen you're going to get uh, probably a bunch of followers from the miami dolphins fan base on twitter and you have a huge following already but you're going to get some more here you're probably going to get tagged in a bunch of stupid shit over the next couple of weeks from our fan base here so i'm preparing you right now because every time we have somebody on uh, i remember nolan carroll who used to be on the miami dolphins was uh, was on our show and uh, afterwards i had to talk to him off the air and he was like who's this guy who's this guy who's this guy <laughs> those are our fans They'll, they'll leave you alone after a while, but uh, they love talking to pros and we love having the pros on here because we get great insight about the, the just the team in general or, you know, the league in general and stuff like that. So thank you very much for being on here today. Um, I did have a couple of other questions here. So it's, it's the off season. The draft has not happened yet. We haven't done any free agent signings or anything like that, but you've been through that process too. You left the Colts. You went to the Washington football team, Redskins slash commanders, whatever we're supposed to be calling them now. I don't know how to reference them because when you played for them, they were the Redskins. So am I allowed to call them the Redskins when I'm talking? You we, know, all, we all make that mistake, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I understand the name change. It's fine. I, I, still, call I, San Diego to San, the, I still call LA Chargers the San Diego Chargers. <laughs> I, to this day, like I write down San Diego and like if I ever go to go see them play again, I'm probably going to drive about 150 miles mm-hmm. to South and miss it completely. Um but you you left and you went through that free agent process. So we talked about the draft process and what that meant and getting that phone call and what that meant for you uh, being life-changing, coming into the NFL, being drafted out of a D3. But now you've established yourself. You know, you're running around catching passes from Peyton Manning and it's free agent time. And 
now you have the ability on some level to choose where you're going to go. What was that process like? And ultimately, you had some good success with Washington. What was that like to go to Washington? What was the decision? I mean, obviously, there's a financial component there. Is it is it the scheme fit? Like, how does that what's that formula in your head as to why you would choose one place over another? They were the first team to call me and, you know, they got the numbers right. We got the numbers right. They was like, hey, this is what we're going to do. We're going to use you as a player. I was like, all right, cool. (laughs) I enjoy it. So. They showed you the love. They showed you the money. There you go. They didn't call me. I was like, all right, coach. You know, of course, you know, I've got this call before. I was excited. Got it again. I'm even more excited. And I'm going to do my part as a player. And, you know, I'm going to trust him to to win. Well, what was your favorite stadium and fan base uh, or or fan base to play? play, play? Of course, I was playing at home. (laughs) That was the favorite place. Right. (laughs) Hey, we always look to play at home. Like, why not? Yeah. Home is like, hey, we're going to give you the ball a hundred times. Like, you're at home. Why not? Like, we know you're motivated. Well, what per, what, per, what percent? Uh, let me ask you this. This is something I've thought about and I've always wondered. So, um, what percentage is what Peyton Manning is saying is actual real shit? Or is he just, like, making words up? <laughs> Man, we have a system that's so complicated. It's, it's, it's our own language. It's it, one week we can be mic'd up somewhere else and we change it up because we don't want, you know, them to pick it up. We can call dummy calls, you know, we control everything. He's kind of like that third base coach, right? That does goes through all the different signs of touching his nose and shaking his hat. Yeah. And then there was, there was the one trigger, right? Like if I wipe my right eyebrow, everything after this is the actual call until I wipe it again. And then it's nothing. I mean, is that how that was with Peyton? He's just yelling out what a burger in and out. And then all of a sudden you're like, Oh, he said in and out. He's calling my route to go, you know, on a post pattern or something like that. Is that kind of how it worked without reeling too much? No, we talk about it. You know, some guys make mistakes on things that we thought was happening. But, you know, it's literally a language that we communicate daily. We can change a lot of things on our home field advantage. If we're in a way, we know we can use whatever we want to use because they've never seen this before. Yeah. If it's home, we can do less physical signs and more verbal signs. You know, it's in all in our advantage, everything we do. How difficult was it or different was it to leave a Peyton Manning that's that structured, that's that detailed, um, especially with like someone like a Tom Brady retiring? It's got to be something like you. these guys now have a different quarterback if they don't work as hard or if they don't strategize as much. How difficult is that as a transition for you as a player when you did leave and not, not play with him anymore since he was the first quarterback you played with coming into the league? No, you just got to have a lot of trust in your new quarterback and your quarterback got to have a lot of trust in you. And, you know, you guys see how hard you're working for each other and, you know, you keep building because, you know, the court, you and the quarterback can do a lot, but you can't do everything. You know, you can do your job, but you can't do everything. The coach can do his job, but you can't do everything, you know, but you're going to do your part. And hey, Peyton's funny in front of the camera and his Monday Night Football and hosting Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. How funny is he when the camera's not on? Uh, that's, that's, <laughs> he's always funny. That's his personality. Yeah. You, know, you just got to get him in. You know, when you understand him, you understand. But he's a great guy. You know, he's funny. He likes funny. Great guy. Great family. And those guys are are amazing. Yeah, it really is like, you know, Peyton Manning, you know, back in the 90s was a, was a rival of the Miami Dolphins, right? Because they're in the AFC East. <laughs> and uh, you, you want to root against them. I mean, it's easy to root against Tom Brady when you're a Miami Dolphins fan. It was really hard to root against Peyton Manning. I mean, it was really just the one week when he's here. It's kind of like I, I, 
I hope he does poorly for the Miami Dolphins' sake, but you kind of root for Peyton Manning just because you can tell that personality that comes out. And I kind of found Eli to be the same way. It was really funny to see, you know, it was like Tom Brady versus the Mannings. It was like a Marvel superhero, you know, rivalry for the centuries there. But it's really fun to watch Eli and, and Peyton just seem like they're having all the fun in the world, you know, playing career behind them, still attached to the game, still running around, having a good time. Uh, I just, I, I remember that was the, it was just so funny coming back from commercial and Eli's going to throw it to Peyton. And he says, you know, we're going to take it to Peyton. He's going to walk us through that last touchdown. And Peyton can't hear anything in his ear on the headphone. And he's like, I can't hear shit. And that's what's live on the air. And then he's like, never mind. You know, and they just pick up on each other. You can tell they're brothers, you know, that chemistry. And it just made for an even better moment there. Um, Pierre, I got, I got a question here because Chris triggered this in my thought, thought process. He talked about where was the most fun you had to play? What was the worst locker room, like the physical locker room when you walked into an NFL stadium and you went, I cannot believe that this is how I'm getting dressed and prepared to go out for battle. Was there just a bad stadium out there? And why is it the Buffalo Bills? <laughs> I guess it's all about the time you experience, but we've experienced a lot of bad stadiums. You know, it's just part of the NFL. Like some stadiums, as we know, like get changed because the conditions are poor. You know, then a lot of people invest in new amazing stadiums. Then they're like, wow, why are you investing in such a crazy, crazy amazing stadium? You know, yeah. it's, you it's like le- leaky roofs or like bad carpet that's all tore up or anything like that. Is there ever like things happen? Like it's a, it's, it's a physical building. It's a commercial property. That's that's what I do, honestly, on my daily basis. So, you know, those guys that, you know, run those things, you know, make mistakes. You know, yeah. But, you know, it's, it's, it's not what they want representing them. But, you know, you you fix it and you move on because it's, it's it's all about winning the games. Yeah, I'd always think like if I were to build a stadium, I'd, I'd put like I'd have like a really, really nice locker room for the away team. But then I'd put it like, I don't know, three quarters of a mile away. So they just have to walk forever to get to the field. <laughs> if I was able to do that, just try to tie it out. Just together. To... Those guys all work together, man. You know, I'm yeah. sure they update their stadium because like that. That's SoFi Stadium. That thing's amazing. Like, like I imagine that like you win the Super Bowl in SoFi Stadium with the home team. Like, it's amazing. Like, it's, it's what you invest in and want to as have as all stadiums but some are old stadiums like buffalo like and oakland and you know oh, las okay. vegas built a new amazing stadium that's why they had the pro bowl there and all these events so you know all these are like properties and, and you know real estate yeah every every now and then i um i, I would go to a game and i remember Speaking of the Raiders, I went to an Oakland Raiders Miami Dolphins game uh, back when Ronnie Brown was the running back for the Miami Dolphins and uh, the Dolphins were winning the game. It was late in the fourth quarter and these Raider fans are just pounding Ronnie, just calling him all kinds of names, yelling at him, doing doing what fans do, stupid fans do. And uh, Ronnie just held his ground let him say whatever, and then kept looking at the scoreboard and pointing at it and then looking back at the fans going like, what does that say right there? What does that say? Because it was clear that the Dolphins were going to win the game. And then he did this like weird kind of like jump, click his heels together as kind of like, ha ha, I win. Uh, what, what's the craziest experience with fans? I mean, do you hear the fans when you're on the sideline, at the, either at the beginning, middle or end of a game? Are they are they yelling at you? Is, is anybody giving you odd requests like sign my bra or anything like that? Are you getting any weird requests on the sidelines or are you just tuning that out completely? Uh, you, you enjoy it all, man. And it's all love. You know, that's that's where you're at in your life and it's all love and you just find, keep finding the love and keep, keep doing it, keep enjoying it, keep smiling, keep, you know, enjoying the moment because that's where you're at. Right on. Well, Hey, a few months from now, uh, Pierre, just last one for me, a few months from now is, uh, you know, training camp. Um, being from South Florida, it's hot. Uh, Indianapolis might, might not be as bad, but maybe, yeah. Uh, when it comes to the summertime and stuff, 
uh, a lot of guys, like, especially as they get older, they, they want to like hold out as much as possible and wait till the last moment to join the team. Um, but not a lot of people talk about the positive sides of things. What's one thing from about training camp you actually enjoyed that like you like to be a part of and look forward to every year? Uh, you know, it was day one. You know, everybody was welcome back. You know, welcome back to to the job. You know, we're we're a team. We're gonna you know, do everything we're supposed to do to get this job done. It's you know, it's get the ball in the end zone and win, like score touchdowns. Get the ball in the end zone and win. He's from scoring touchdowns on us. <laughs> like you know, figure it out, figure it out yourself. Like you know, yeah. understand what the game plan is and buy into it and and make it happen because you know when you slack off and when you don't slack off and. You know, you understand the game. Well, there you go. Pierre Garçon, ladies and gentlemen, spent many years with Mike McDaniel as his coach, spent many years in the league, scored his first touchdown in the NFL against your Miami Dolphins, got a Super Bowl touchdown in the Miami Dolphins stadium. He's got ties to South Florida. He's got ties to the Miami Dolphins past and present here with Mike McDaniel. Pierre, thank you for joining us here on Welcome to Perfectville. Let everybody know how they can get a hold of you. I know you got a big social media presence. We talked about Haiti and everything you're doing there. I know you got some business ventures that you were alluding to out there. Just let everybody know how they can get a hold of you and uh, let them know what you want them to know. Uh, appreciate it, man. You definitely follow me on my social media at Pierre Garçon. Um, you know, it's just a regular name, nothing crazy. Um, South Florida is home, uh, commercial real estate landowner, and just happy to be a part of the football family. He is. He is a part of the football family. He did it, what, 11 years? 11 years in the league? Is that 11 right? Years, 11 years. I mean, you, you, you don't get 11 years in the league. That's at, at least three contracts right there. I think the majority of people get out after one. This man made it not only. <laughs> every day, man. He cut guys every day. Every single day. And this guy made it 11 years, was very successful. Thousand yard receiver, I think three times over, if I'm not mistaken. Played with Peyton Manning, beat the Miami Dolphins on Monday night. But uh, we won't hold that against him. Pierre, thank you very much for joining us here. Uh, we'll, we'll talk to you soon, sir. Citizens of Perfectville, you know, I know, we all know that tons of people take multivitamins. But it's important to choose one that is of top quality. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to start your day right. I don't even know what that last one is, but you're getting it with Athletic Greens. Their special brand of ingredients supports gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's also lifestyle-friendly and fits a wide range of diets. There's only one gram of sugar and no chemicals or artificial anything. Reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. That's all there is to it. To make it even easier, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supportive vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com believe. That's B-L-E-A-V. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash believe. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Athletic Greens, take ownership of your health. And we're back. Sam Marku, Chris Colin, welcome to Perfectville, part of the Believe Network. And uh, Pierre Garçon, ladies and gentlemen, former Mike McDaniel, wide receiver, pupil, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Chris, uh, what do you think of Pierre Garçon here on Welcome to Perfectville? Well, before we interviewed him, we talked about how entertaining and fun Mike McDaniel was. It was cool to hear from a former player that's been in the room um, how hard he works. And, you know, he, he works hard, he grinds. 
and then and he uh, gets the ball in the right player's hands. And that's, that's all you want as a coach. So um, I, I, again, I didn't think I can like this guy more, but coming from a player that literally was in the room with them, burning the midnight oil, watching tape, uh, he had nothing but good things to say. So it's just super exciting. Yeah, I, uh, I like the fact that uh, there's a couple things he said in this interview here that uh, stuck out to me. One, uh, he certainly played with quarterbacks that, even though he wouldn't say it because he's a professional and nice human being, that were less than stellar. And when that happens, what his responsibility is as a wide receiver is to adjust to that quarterback. I mean, that could go the other way, too. You're playing with Peyton Manning. You're going to roll with whatever Peyton Manning's telling you to do to be successful. If you're not playing with Peyton Manning and you're playing with somebody else who's more of a system quarterback, you're going to do what you can do to adjust to that person's talent level. I think that's really good insight coming from a professional player who played with a lot of different quarterbacks and quarterback types, you know, understanding what his responsibility was, what his role was in that offense to help that quarterback and ultimately that team be more successful. Yeah. What a cool career though, man, for him. Like, I mean, honestly playing tight end, getting in shape going to division three, not, they can't even like offer scholarships and, you know, you end up being a six-round pick. Uh, everybody's against you, and you get to go play with Peyton Manning and start start off your career. So that was cool insight too about the Audibles, man. They they, they that that's interesting because they played in an era where um, you know mics on the field and HD and stuff just started like being a thing. So you know the team that plays you next week is listening to all the all the calls, and it's like okay, when he says Nebraska you know, Jimmy Kimmel, they throw a screen. And then the next week, Peyton's like, no, no, now we're going to say Nebraska, Jimmy Kimmel, we're running a post corner right. uh, or it's a draw play. Uh, just the, the the work that these guys put in and the stra- uh, strategy to win a football game um, really puts in perspective when we are just drinking a beer on the couch and going, why didn't he catch that? Why didn't he throw that slant? There's a lot that goes into being an NFL football player, man. And you could tell, I mean, that's a, that, that, whatever that secret society is with Peyton Manning and his wide receivers is still in existence because uh, he gave us, you know, it's our own language, but he wouldn't tell us what that language was. I tried to get it out of him. Like, what does it mean when you do this, that he's like, it's just, it's a secret language, Sam, slow down. We don't know each other that well. I'm not going to let you in on the little secret here of Peyton Manning, Pierre Gerson language speak. Um, I also like the fact that he was talking about, you know, it was kind of funny, man. He was like, yeah, whatever I got to do to get to the end zone. I mean, that was a guy who, when he played, he had a single focus, and that is score touchdowns, help this team win. You know, whatever I have to do, and, and talking about what Mike McDaniel brought to him, whatever the coach is asking me to do, I'm going to do it. And in some cases, he even talked about maybe there were some coaches that he worked with that weren't the best, or at least that he questioned, but it didn't matter because he's a professional. I'm going to go out and run the route that you're asking me to do, block the person you asked me to block because you're telling me that this is what I'm supposed to do for us to be successful, and that's what I'm going to do, whatever it takes. And that is a guy who went to a Division three late-round pick, always proven himself, let me show you that I can do what you're asking me to do. So that mentality makes a total, you know, a ton of sense to me. But he had mentioned, um, it was funny, Chris, who was <laughs> You know, you get drafted by the Colts. You're going to the Colts and you're going to be on that rookie contract for as long as that is. But once you hit free agency, you know, what, why did you go to the Washington in that, you know, at that era, Redskins? And I just loved his answer. Well, they're the first team that called me. <laughs> I mean, they yep, showed they that interest. My numbers and they called me. That's it. Yeah. They called me and said, we want to make you a player and we're going to pay you to be that player. And he was like, signed let's do it i love that i mean that i love that insight too i mean that's what it takes sometimes you got to show people the love that they're they are welcomed here and that they want to be here and i think that's good insight into knowing maybe how the miami dolphins have to you know whoever they call first obviously those are their targets but those might be the successful ones that actually sign with the miami dolphins but we're not talking about free agency just yet here chris we're talking about the combine we're talking about the nfl draft because those things are happening 
very soon. In fact, the combine's happening as we speak. Um, I know you you were a big combine guy in years past. I don't know if you're watching it as much as you normally do, but what are your thoughts on the combine so far here in 2022? Uh, I, I watched some last night. I wanted to see Kenny Pickett, Sam Howell, uh, Malik Will- Willis, and those guys throw. That's always like the funnest time. No one wants to watch a lineman, you know, run, sh- you know, shuffle and three cone drill. Um, but watching the 40 yard dash, I thought they were smart, put in prime time, nothing else really going on. Um, and, and it's fun to watch. I mean, the guys are fast. It's pretty exciting. They're doing the interviews too. I know we're uh, interviewing a bunch of receivers. They've all, all the guys have mentioned, they've spoken to the Miami Dolphins. Uh, so watching them run 40s, it was impressive. There was like five receivers, I think, that ran sub four fours. Um, so just an impressive group of guys, really good hands, good catching tight ends went too. there's a lot of good tight ends out there. One guy from Colorado state, I think, uh, really showed out in UCLA, um, probably be off the board before we go. Um, but yeah, defensive guys come this weekend, uh, linebackers, DBs, that's gonna be fun to watch too. But with, with offensive stuff in mind, it's going to be interesting. Uh, also mentioned last week, um, uh, the importance the quarterbacks, you might be like, well, you're a Tua guy. Why would we be worried about the quarterbacks? Well, remember, we mentioned at 29, there's an option there where one of these uh, QB-hungry teams, like an Eagles or uh, Lions or somebody like that, might want to move back into the first round, move up uh, to get a Sam Howell or get a uh, Malik Willis if he's there. And we uh, we need to be ready to pull the trigger. Yeah, so it, it was interesting because you said that there was a bunch of wide receivers that have talked to the Miami Dolphins. I, I actually took a look uh, at a list of people that have reportedly spoken to Mike McDaniel, Chris Greer, and the Miami Dolphins uh, front office here at the Combine, and two names stuck out to me, and it's no surprise, and it's something that you and I have talked about on this show, Zion Johnson and uh, Alec Lindstrom, offensive uh, center and uh, guard for the uh, – actually, I had that backwards. Zion Johnson's the guard. Alec Lindstrom's the center for uh, Boston College. Why that's important is that their old offensive line coach, Matt Applebaum, is now our new offensive line coach. In fact, Alec Lindstrom went as far as to credit uh, his success to Matt Applebaum over the last couple of years in his press conference. So, you know, again, a lot of chatter, a lot of smoke, and where there's smoke, there's fire. But it does not surprise me that those two guys were up close and personal with the Miami Dolphins staff, considering one of those staff members was their coach last year, that the Miami Dolphins do need some offensive line help still. And those two guys, we have a lot of intel on because of that connection with Matt Applebaum. So I was pleased to see that. I was uh, There were some other names on there as well, including that monster left, uh, left tackle, right tackle from uh, the University of Minnesota, wherever he's out of. So uh, I think when you put it all together and you, you, you listen to what Mike McDaniel says, he's been very open and honest. He's not giving away secrets, but he's just he's telling us our, his philosophy. You look at his history with the zone blocking scheme, and he even said so in one of his press conferences that, you know, we're going to be running a zone scheme. And you look at who he's hired as his offensive line coach and who he's talking to at the combine. We can start to put the pieces together on some sort of accurate level of where the Miami Dolphins are going to be focusing their efforts, uh, at least on the offensive side of the ball when it comes to the NFL draft. Um, you know, we, we just talked to Pierre Garçon and he said, you talk to a lot of teams. So, you know, as a player, you don't necessarily know what that means, right? They could be in, they, they could be super interested in you, or they could be a red herring to try to throw other people off. You don't really know. So I don't know if it's a hunt, you know, the end all be all, but I'm putting this together and I'm going to th- throw it out there right now. I'm going to take a bet that the Miami dolphins are going to draft either Zion Johnson or Alec Lindstrom 
with one of their picks or with a pick that they acquire, they're going to get one of those two kids out of the uh, Boston College offensive line scheme. Yeah, I'd be fine with that, except especially since their coach came over here um, and is familiar. I think one of those guys said that they are not going to waste an official interview on him because they've talked to him so much already, meaning probably his coach because yeah. um, <laughs> he's got his number personally, obviously. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, Mike McDaniel doesn't have to really be secretive on this, Sam, because there's just no – um, there's no mystery of what the Dolphins need. We need a running back. We need line and we need receivers. So the, the, the fact that those guys are coming out and, uh, in droves and saying they are speaking to the Miami Dolphins is absolutely no surprise to anyone and not really uncovering anything. Uh, we just need to make sure we get the, uh, the right guys in there. I also found it interesting, not draft or free agency. Well, maybe free agency. It is free agency related. Um, that Mike McDaniel uh, was asked about two of our free agents, Agba and, and Gusecki. Uh, point blank said he wants Agba back and he hope he's listening uh, when he said it. And he, uh, somebody mentioned that Gusecki's uh, blocking issues. And he said, you know, you curtail your offense to the guys and their personnel, but um, he doesn't think there's any reason with uh, their teaching and coaching that he couldn't have him block. So um, everybody thinking, oh, it's a run heavy scheme. He's not like George Kittle. He's going to be gone. I would, uh, I would pump the brakes a little bit. Yeah. You know, it was interesting, you know, if we're going to post on that for a little bit, because, you know, just exploring that Mike Kosicki comment further, I think he even said, we've had teams where we've had tight ends that are, you know, super focused on catching the ball and being a route runner. And we've had tight ends that excelled at being blocking tight ends. You know, the spectrum is full and wide. And depending on the talent that you have, we're going to exploit that talent, which is what you and I have been talking about forever you know he even went as far as to say you know we didn't go out looking for a Debo Samuel we got Debo Samuel and then we put him in a position you know to let him excel with the, all the talents that he has you know he, he's he's saying everything that we thought he would be saying and when he specifically talked about Mike Kosicki when it came to blocking he said we are going to do what's best for him as a blocker you know and and read into that however that means I mean if he's ultimately going to be just need to be coached up and all of a sudden wow he's this great blocker Great. If all you can do is chip as he runs out to catch a ball, then that's what they're going to do with him. I mean, again, it goes back to what Mike McDaniels talked about, which is I'm going to put the ball in the hands of my best talented people, and I'm going to put my my best players on the field and give them the best chance to win by exploiting their talents and you know minimizing those weaknesses. So I was I was pleased to hear that when it came to Mike Kosicki. Um, and then what you talked about with Ogba, you know, it, and then furthermore, I mean, going back to the draft, they asked him about the run game. And again, it's just the way McDaniel phrases things. Sometimes he says, you know, somebody asked him how important is it? And he goes, well, I mean, considering that depending on your offense, anywhere from 33 to 60% of your snaps are going through a running back of some sort, meaning they're getting the ball in a handoff or they're catching the ball, you know, yeah, it's important. It's important to have good running backs with skill sets. But he also gave us some insight, Chris, and, and he said, look, you know, the more successful running backs recently have been late round picks, you know, further down the road, you don't necessarily have to get a, a, a first round or second round running back to be successful in this league. In fact, traditionally speaking, it's been the other way around. And I think that was some insight as well. It kind of made me think, hmm, maybe we're not looking at a Kenneth Walker. Maybe we're not looking at a Brees Hall. Maybe we're not looking at these guys that are on the upper end of the running back spectrum here in this draft. And instead, we should be looking at maybe a Damian Pierce out of Florida who's going to be like a fourth round or fifth round pick who can block, who can catch the ball, who can you know make himself valuable outside of just grabbing the ball and running between the tackles. So 
I, I'm kind of adjusting my draft board a little bit and maybe moving wide receiver up more than I expected and bringing running back back down, you know, based on these interviews, based on what we're seeing from Mike McDaniel, based on what I'm hearing. Well, and you got to look at the guys on the roster. I mean, you might really like Miles Gaskin and Ahmed and even Dokes. Uh, that's or Philip Lindsay and Duke Johnson. I mean, he might like all those guys and be like, we're sad. We don't need to use a top third, three round uh, pick on a running back. We got them and Raheem Mostert's available, who just was on the uh, San Francisco 49ers with Mike McDaniel. So he might just be like, no, we're set, guys. Let's start working on receiver, running back. I mean, I'm sorry, a receiver and offensive line and really honing those because honestly, we can't, we can sit here and uh, have excuses for Tua with the worst line in front of him in history. Um, can't we do the same with a Miles Gaskin? <laughs> And and, and uh, Philip Lindsay and a Duke Johnson's like wow what would they do with good linemen in front of them uh, the same way we um, you know say it about Tua yeah no absolutely and you know Philip Lindsay came from a zone blocking scheme in Denver and he did very well in that scheme so I think if you're going to keep any of those if you're going to have an incumbent back to me he seems like the one uh, that also seemed very motivated as well but uh, yeah I mean you're right I, I don't think it's going to be a clean sweep of that running backs room I don't know if Gaskin stays if Ahmed stays I don't know which one stays and which one goes I think you'll have at least one holdover if not two or or we trade a third round pick and bring back the party from Penn state and get Saquon Barkley from the giants. Who's coming off multiple injuries and might be cheap and uh, pair him back with Mike Kosicki or college teammates. That's, that's something that's think about as well. That would be interesting. If you could get Saquon Barkley for a third round pick, I think I would do that. I think I'm a yes to that, but I, I feel like they're going to try to get a first round obviously, or, or multiple picks. And, and then I wouldn't do that. I think he's worth yeah, you know, a third round pick. Um, and then you hope and pray that he can stay healthy, you know, in, in a good environment, because that's the one thing with Saquon He's he is, I mean, somewhat injury prone and maybe that has to do with the giants, but, uh, that would be my only, only concern a running back. That's already starting to break down, you know, and investing a draft pick and, and money into that. I don't know. Yeah. And injury prone, it's tough because, uh, the one last year is just absolutely the most ridiculous, unlucky thing ever. His teammates stepped on his ankle yeah, and it was brutal. I mean, it's not like he had weak ankles or anything. And then the other one dude hits him in the side of the knee and ACL. I mean, there's just no one in the league that can, uh, not get hurt in that situation. So yeah, he, uh, it's worth a flyer. Like you said, if you can get him for a third, maybe a low second, um, because he's dynamic when he's healthy and he's young and he would have an absolute chip on his shoulder uh, to come, you know, the Giants give up on him. Yeah, well, I, I'm excited, man. The uh, the combine, it's fun to see them run fast. I think we have more, you know, faster receivers or a slower guy on the clock uh, this year than I've ever seen. <laughs> it was kind of interesting, though, because I saw that when they were doing shuttle drills that um, actually they didn't perform as well as years past. So running in a straight line seems to be, uh, better for wide receivers this year, but you know that actual shifting and moving, uh, not as good. But uh, we'll, we'll see what, how it all shakes out. But I, again, just looking at who the Dolphins are focused on on the offensive side of the ball, would not surprise me if we go offensive line again. Would not surprise me if we go wide receiver again, even though we have Jalen Waddle there, who you know outperformed even as uh, the sixth overall pick last year. Um, and maybe running back, we slow our roll. And I know we all want that running back. We've all been clamoring and cheering for it. But based on what McDaniel said, based on what I'm seeing out of the combine, I don't know that that's going to be um, a, a top priority with our top picks, uh, unless it's a big fucking smoke screen, which that could also be. And 
then who knows? It's our first year with Mike. We, we never know. Here, here's a name for you. I just saw scroll across the bottom. If they can't trade him, it looks like the Cowboys are going to be releasing Amari Cooper. I Somebody saw that. Tires on. I saw that. I mean, uh, I, it, you talked about reuniting the uh, the Penn State boys. I mean, I'm wondering if if Mike McDaniel's master plan here is to uh, get as many Alabama peeps that he possibly can uh, for Tua to feel as comfortable as he possibly can. And, uh, you know, if we replicate what Alabama has done with wide receivers over the years and running backs, I think I'd be okay with that, too. Yeah, but wait, breaking news, Nick Saban's joining as a defensive <laughs> associate, okay? <laughs> yeah, can you, ima- can you imagine if Nick Saban ever wormed his way back to the Miami Dolphins? I mean, what would we, what would we do as a fan base if somehow Nick Saban was to come back to the Miami Dolphins? That would be crazy to me. He'd be booed before the plane door opens after he lands at Fort Lauderdale. There's no way he would be accepted back from this fan base. Are you kidding me? Oh, Saban been lying? Like, there's no way this guy's getting brought back. I was in the city of Miami working for Dan Levitard's show when this all happened, and I was screening multiple, multiple calls of a lot of very angry motherfuckers, and they do not forget. They do not forget. So, yeah, that wouldn't be good at all. (laughs) But Amari Cooper would be good, 27 years old, from Miami originally. I mean, we just talked to Pierre Garçon on what it means to play when you come home to Miami. I went to Alabama, so there's that Tuscaloosa you know, combination with uh, Tua Tungvaluwa and Jalen Waddle. I can't believe he's only 27. Wow. I know that kind of blew my mind, but he's he's 27 years old. I mean, they, the Miami Dolphins have a lot of cap room here. I mean, I don't know that 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 is interesting news. That is something that, and, and he's six one. I mean, he he's that guy that can go do all the stuff on the sidelines or in the middle of the field. And plus, you have Jalen Waddle. I mean, that that's he's got intriguing. really good yards after catch ability too. They're just showing highlights of him and. You know, his, his stop starts fantastic. I mean, adding him and Jalen Waddle and keeping Mike Kiseki would do wonders for Tua Tungo Bailoa for sure. It would be, it would be a very interesting combination to see uh, Jalen Waddle and Amari Cooper along with Tua Tungo Bailoa. I mean, that, that would be, uh, that would be fun, but uh, we got to get there. I mean, uh, free agency doesn't start until I think what next week or the week after I'm sure we're going to blow that out as well and have some fun. But uh, for now, you know, the combine's going on. They're going to have the pro days coming up, and then we got the draft in April. It's, it's going to be an exciting couple of months here for the Miami Dolphins. Yep, on top of uh, rugby season, uh, a lot of travel for that. It's uh, it's a good next few months, man. It's going to be enjoyable. Well, we've, we've said a lot. Pierre Garçon has said a lot. We've had a lot going on on this episode of Welcome to Perfectville. Chris, anything else you want to say before we get out of here? I'm good. He is good. I'm good. Pierre Garçon was very good as a wide receiver. And uh, until next time, the only thing left to say is goodbye from Burberryville. Later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.